and welcome to the VOOCcast, Australia's Nintendo podcast. I'm Angelo Valdivia, and with me this week are Oliver Brandt. Hi. And Daniel Vukovic. Hey, hey, you Hey, guys, thank you for joining me this week. We've got a great shorter episode lined up for you this week, focusing on the games we're currently playing through this quarantine, our usual eShop recommendations, another Nookspot update. But first, Cooking Mama is in hot water. Well... The plot seems to be thickening surrounding the game's release and very quick uh, pullback, uh, plus its distribution rights. Now, a little bit of background. We haven't really covered this story too much um, on the site, and we haven't really mentioned it at all on the VOOCcast from what I can remember. So let's just go back a little bit. Um, so Office Create, uh, the developer, sorry, the original developer of the Cooking Mama series, um, who are also the rights holders, have been in agreement with uh, Planet Entertainment to to publish the game, which is also developed by First Playable, um, which is the name of the studio. And uh, <laughs> it's really been a, a wild one to, to ride along with. So, yeah, just strap yourselves in here, listeners, and, and try to make sense of what's going on. So first of all, we've got Office Create, the original rights holders, who say that the game failed to meet the standards its customers expect and deserve. That's the, uh, that's the official quote from them. And then furthermore... Cooking Mama Cookstar was meant to release on March 13, but instead got a stealth release on uh, March 31st on the eShop in Australia, Europe, and the US, but was quickly pulled um, within hours, I think it was. Um, Office Create is, <laughs> was then um, threatening legal action against Planet Entertainment for releasing the game without approval. And not long after that, or, or a little bit before that, actually, a PS4 version of the game uh, started getting advertised by Planet Entertainment, again, allegedly without approval, and Office Create, in Office Create statement on 15th of April, uh, quotes, despite being contractually obligated to correct the identified uh, deficiencies and resubmit the correct game for Office Create's approval, Planet proceeded to release Cooking Mama Cookstar without addressing all of the rejections and without Office Create's approval. Next up, in the next, next part of the story is uh, Planet Entertainment's response on Twitter, um, which was on the 16th of April, so the next day. Uh, they quote saying, there is no active lit- litigation or ruling that prevents Planet from publishing the game. After that, it became apparent that there were also allegations that Cooking Mama Cookstar incorporated some blockchain and cryptocurrency technology under the hood to supposedly allow for players to trade in-game assets. Uh, Planet Entertainment responded to this saying that you know it was just a concept they considered early in development but ultimately never went through with it so it shouldn't actually be part of the game which brings us to now where the game has actually been reviewed on multiple websites like IGN Nintendo Life and Nintendo World Report and people who do have their hands on the game on physical releases of the game have been scalping uh, it up on sites like eBay for anywhere between $50 to $200 so this is going to be the focus of our news section for today because it's just such a big, crazy story. Guys, have you seen anything like this before happening on any Nintendo consoles that you can recall? Um, I mean, like, in the past, there's there's been a couple, you know, minor rights issues with particular games. Um, recently, I think the only other one that I can think of on the Switch is there was a little bit of a, a tiff between... Um, Nicalis and one of the the games that they published. Um, the publisher was then uh, the the developer of the game uh, wanted to self publish, um, and Nicalis was sort of dragging their feet around it, so it just got pulled from the eShop altogether until that was sorted out. But this is right. just really on a whole other level. Um, <laughs> it's it's crazy, like because 
you know, as Planet Entertainment has said, like they don't have, there's no active litigation. Um, but Office Create has said that they've, you know, they're looking into their legal options. But like the fact that it was pulled so quickly after, um, after it released on the eShop, like that's that's not a good sign for for Planet Entertainment. Um, mm. Just because, like, you know, Nintendo's clearly taking this seriously, and it's it's just such an insane situation. Mm. The craziest thing is, like, the yeah, eShop releases get pulled sometimes because of ratings issues and all that kind of stuff. The craziest thing is that it got all the way printed and all the way into people's hands all over the world before someone picked this up. Mm. Yeah, it's so strange how far this game's really reached at this point. I mean, some people would have been able to buy the digital copy of the game, obviously, but even just looking at, on eBay, like unless a lot of these um, listings are fake, which, you know, maybe some of them are, um, like there are a lot of listings here. There's one person who I saw has like literally held a photo of the game, or a pile of the games uh, where he had like five copies or something like that, each going for about a hundred bucks. Yeah, I don't, think it's, is- I don't think it's particularly rare. Like it actually got like a decent print run. It's just right. I don't think that I many mean- people were interested in it. And then when th- this news got around, they just snapped them all up. Right. The other thing is that, like, Planet Entertainment is, like, literally selling it on their website right now. I mean, well, they're taking yep. orders for it. Whether or not they're actually shipping those orders out, I mean, none of us can really know they're only shipping to the US right now. So that's not something that we can really explore. Uh, but I haven't seen anybody say that, like, hey, we've got this, uh, you know, I've I've received this copy that I ordered from Planet Entertainment. So, I, I mean, if there is legal issues, like, continuing to, to sell the game that, like, you know, allegedly is in a huge breach of contract is only going to like hurt the planet entertainment. Um, yeah. It just, it seems like an insane thing to do to, to like know that like the rights holders of the IP have objections to the game and then like continue to, to try and sell it. Like I, I certainly wouldn't be doing that and I wouldn't advise anybody else do that either. Cause it's just, <laughs> it's, it's almost just, like they've it, it take, seems taken nuts. A- it's almost like they've taken a bet saying, oh, we'll just release it and let's see if you can sell us. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, and like, um, there, there are outlets in Australia that are still, um, have it available for pre-order for what appears to be a second shipment. Um, so I know that like Sanity at the moment um, is taking pre-orders. Um, I and a couple other friends, um, you know, Paul from, from Fuchs is, we all have pre-orders down for it. So like, just to see, you know, if it arrives and, um yeah it's all just a bit bizarre um there have been like rumors in the australian retail space um i can't confirm or deny these rumors i don't know for sure that um there has been like a statement to pull it from shelves but i haven't seen anything of that nature i I don't know it's just it's so weird yeah that's that's it right i mean like the (laughs) one of the biggest stories of this year so far is also just a completely weird one and it's it's about cooking mama of all game series too it's just such a weird situation and and like you know in the story before um there's there's still a ps4 version that's apparently in the works but you know office create um isn't keen on an idea of the game like they don't want this game out at all because it hasn't met their standards as they say so yeah i don't know it's a really interesting story that i hope does develop further we do hear more about um the situation you know how it just managed to get released um why it's it's being held back all these types of things 
It's really, really interesting. Um, I've never really played the Cooking Mama games before, so you know I can't really say anything about the quality of them or whether or not they're good. But would you guys say that this is a particularly iconic series? I know it's very recognizable. Like people know the series. It was pretty big on the Wii back in the day. There were a lot of games, um, a lot of Cooking Mama games on the Wii and the DS. But you know, is this such a, 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 a an important series that there should be this much, you know, controversy around it? I mean, not not really. It's it's one of those games that like sort of like shot to to stardom in like the sort of the big the Wii Sports era of gaming, where it was something that you know you and a mate could could you know chop up burgers together using motion controls on the Wii, and like that was the fad at the time, and it was just happened to be a, a widespread game. Like if anything, Office Create was sort of in the right place at the right time um, with Cooking Mama, mm. but like none of the games have ever been spectacular. Um, they've always sort of been like not bad, but sort of just middle of the road games. And like by all reports, this this new Switch edition of Cooking Mama is is also pretty much just middle of the road. Um, it's, yeah, it's the, a bit weird. The, the DS originals were the most fun, um, and they were a time before smartphone games. And to actually have a touchscreen game actually be more than just I guess like slashing fruit, it actually had some sort of nuance to it. It was actually kind of fun. But I mean, they're mm-hmm. not, you know, triple A games. They're good fun, and they, you know, they're clean fun, and they're, they're for a broad audience. So that's that's probably why a lot of people like it. It's just it's just this, they're inoffensive, right? Yeah. Okay. And like I, I do, I do feel um, a little bit for the actual developers of the game. As you said, there was first playable productions. Um, mm. They were just, you know, they were contracted to to make a game in a particular series and it's clearly a series that they love um because like they've only really made like entertainment games before this uh, like uh, so you know like education and like educational entertainment games before this um so like they they were given this this contract and now you know the publisher of the game and you know the original rights holder are in this legal battle and i mean by the sounds of it from like a few of the developers who have been sort of semi-active on twitter about it they they really have no role in this whatsoever beyond having developed the game. Um, mm. So it's a bit of a rubbish situation for them because, I mean, they're always going to be sort of tarred with this this whole legal battle that may or may not happen. Mm. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, very, very strange situation. Um, just very quickly, uh, we'll also add a completely different story. Uh, Crisis Remastered has been announced for the Nintendo Switch. Um, I guess, you know, the question still lingers, you know, can it run Crisis? Can the Nintendo Switch run Crisis? And apparently it can now. So that's something to look forward to. Do we have the release date that's been announced for that one yet? Or has it been announced yet? No, no date yet. But uh, it does have um, uh, Saber Interactive working on it, which did the Witcher 3 port. So it's right. probably a... Could be good. We'll wait and could see. be good. Mm-hmm. And it is worth noting that um, the engine that... It, it runs in, which is the, the Crytek engine, has been ported to Switch previously. And I believe that was through Saber Interactive as well with um, Warface, which is a free-to-play first-person shooter game that um, released a couple months ago. Um, at the time, we were all sort of like, oh, yeah, you know, Crytek is, is finally on the Switch. Does that mean we're going to see Crisis? That's a bit of a joke, but um, <laughs> turns out turns out we are going to see Crisis now. Um, so, yeah, um, it, it, they do yeah. have the, the engine running, so we shouldn't expect it to, to be, like, awful or anything. 
Um, as, long as, it has, as long as it has larger text than Warface did, because I couldn't read the yeah. text on that. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a bit of an issue in handheld mode. I cannot even imagine what it was like on the light, because just on the regular switch, it was. Yeah, I had on the light. It was just I couldn't. I gave up. <laughs> yeah, for me personally, I feel like because I played all three games. For me personally, uh, the first game is probably the weakest out of all of them. I really like Crisis Two. Crisis Three was okay as well. So it'd be interesting to see if those games eventually come to the Switch too. But I guess we'll have to wait and see. Um, let's quickly move over to the Nook Spot. So you know your your fortnightly update on the goings on in Animal Crossing New Horizons and what's going on you know on Twitter and further culture and things like that. But um, I want to bring some attention to some really incredible designs that people are creating for their islands you know so me i'm terrible i just put stuff wherever it fits or if i just think that it looks okay under a tree or something like that i'll put a you know a bed or a, a chair or something like that just for just for the hell of it but a lot of people are putting a lot of time and effort into the designs of their islands um uh, particularly there was there's one uh, from reddit from a, a user named vain manen uh, who says after four grueling days of terraforming, he's finally modeled his island after Hyrule from Link to the Past. And looking at it, it looks absolutely incredible. It's just the overworld of Hyrule from the Super Nintendo. And um, yeah, it just, it just looks really, really cool. And um, there's also another one. Uh, it's in Japanese though, this one. So I'm not entirely sure about what it says or how to pronounce the the username, but the Twitter handle is Hinopika. And um, they've just completely remodeled their island to look like um Johto, the johto region from pokemon gold and silver which looks awesome and they also <laughs> repainted their character model to look like cinderquill and uh finally we've also got another user who's also in japanese on twitter uh koamipo i believe it's well, is how i can pronounce it and they've designed onet from um uh from earthbound is that how it's pronounced onet or is yep. it like want onet i, I mean um, it's it should be want kind of because you know, all of the town names in Earthbound are like sort of yeah. like fun little plays on on things. Too but similar. like, there's Such no a, nice what? way to pronounce "want." It just sounds <laughs> yeah, exactly. It sounds real gross. But yeah, and they've also designed their character to look like um, uh, Ness from Earthbound as well, which looks amazing. So do go and just hit these up in Google and um, and have a look at them. Um, but we'll guys, I wanted to throw notes. out. Oh yeah, we'll do that for sure. Yeah. Um, but you guys though, have you guys seen any other great designs from Animal Crossing that that you're just absolutely envious of? Oh, it's it's not really like a specific design or anything, but um, like two days ago, I, I visited my friend's town for the first time and they've just gone absolutely nuts with it. They've gone full urban planning. They've got, you know, streets and, and all this stuff. And it's just like, I, I don't know how you do this. Like I have, you know, a pile of trash garbage outside <laughs> my house because I don't have enough storage to put it in there and I refuse to sell anything. Yeah. And like, I go over to this town for the first time and it's like this fully developed little city. It was just absolutely insane. Yeah. What are you, Dan? You seen anything? I've seen this one on Reddit. Um, they called it like a natural theme and it was um, just lots of trees and organic paths and they've put like, they've made the dark bricks and then they've put rocks in them as well so you can it looks like a brick path but with the dark path underneath it so it seamlessly cool. matches up and it's just um because it's going into what, autumn now or whatever yeah um because the southern hemisphere one it just like looks really atmospheric and like a real like a jungle almost um and mm. i'm kind of copying that a bit <laughs> oh nice so you're actually taking inspiration from it yeah, so I'm doing like mine. I got the three layers. My middle layer is like the shop layer, 
and then my top layer is residential and then the bottom layer is like a jungle. So I'm working on that, but it's going to take. That's a really months. cool idea. I just have like an enormous fruit orchard outside my house. Like one part of like the main island is just full of fruit trees. And then at the top of my island is where I've got all of my money trees and I'm going to put a little fence around them so no one can steal them, especially the government. It's <laughs> <laughs> basically what I've done. But um, yeah, um, We've also got, um, or there's also Russ Frushtick, I believe his name's pronounced, from Polygon, who has some really elaborate designs uh, that he's been sharing on Twitter. So definitely have a look at his. I love this like little movie set that he's designed, which just looks exactly like the moon landing. He's got like a little director's seat in there and, and like a giant moon and then some astronauts and stuff like that. It looks really, really cool. So yeah, do do share with us some really cool designs. If, if you're a listener and you have Twitter or something like that, like, you know, hit us up at Vooks.net on Twitter and send us some of the designs that you've made or, you know, really cool ones that you've seen and, and we'll, we'll definitely share them around. It's really, really cool. Um, let's quickly move over to games we're playing. Uh, so I am personally playing Katana Zero and really loving it, actually. I've been wanting to play this game forever, but I picked it up recently um, on the eShop sales um, that are currently going on. I think this, you know, that game and a few, quite a few other ones uh, will be leaving or will be off sale, you know, in the next couple of days or so. But I've been really enjoying my time with that. Super gory, super just gross in a way. Uh, lots of swearing, lots of drugs, all sorts of stuff. But really, really cool visual style, which is great. Also been playing Final Fantasy VII Remake on um, on PS4. And I've just been playing Fortnite just across the board, just trying to collect as many um, outfits or skins and, and weapons, uh, weapon skins and stuff like that as well. But what about you guys? What have you been playing? Um, well, I have also been playing the Final Fantasy VII Remake. Um, probably by the time this goes out, I'll be finished. I feel like I'm in the, the very late parts of the game now, but really mm. enjoyable. If you have a PS4, probably check it out. Um, uh, I've also been playing uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! Legacy of the Duelist Link Evolution. I picked this up sort of on a whim because it was half off on the eShop. Um, and peer pressure. And peer pressure, <laughs> uh, thanks to Josh Whittington, who is a contributor on the site. Uh, he... He has been going on about it for months now, um, and it, it's great. There's just so much there. Um, it has, like, you go through a story mode that has, like, all of the main jewels throughout, like, every single iteration of Yu-Gi-Oh! that's ever existed. Um, cool. And they update it regularly with um, new cards and new jewels, and it's it's nuts. Um, the other thing I've been playing, um, review should be out sometime this week, uh, is Can Androids Pray Blue? Uh, which is sort of like a, a 3D narrative sci-fi adventure. Um, it's a little bit weird. It's a little bit short, but I, I've been enjoying it so far. So um, full review of that up sometime during the week. Cool. What about you, Dan? I have had I have had the pleasure of playing uh, AFL Evolution 2, which released a month early on the eShop. And it, it's not good. But... <laughs> um, it released a month early, and there's got to be there's already been one patch, so I'm hopeful that there are more on the way, um, probably before it's uh, May 14 proper release. But yeah, um, like it's like okay, it's really rough and stutters and has technical issues, but it's still like a core good AFL game there. So any AFL fan will like it, just if we can get it running it a bit nicer. Um, I think you'll you'll enjoy it. So, but hmm. I would not buy it right now. Like I, I took the, the splurge and spent the money and bought it. Uh, 
if there was a refund button like there is in Steam, I'd probably do it and then wait and then <laughs> see if there's a patch. Um, but I'm desperate for AFL stuff, so uh, we'll see how we go there. Um, I'll hold off reviewing it until we see some patches or don't. Um, they've got till May 14 mm-hmm. till it comes out physically. Um, mm. So if if it was to release in that form, I can't imagine the refunds on that. Like it, it looks like like someone rubbed Vaseline in your eyes. Like, and <laughs> yeah, it's just it's it's bad. Alternatively, yeah, right. I've been playing Tire the Tasmanian Tiger, which runs at a brilliant locked frame rate and a locked uh, resolution, and being an old game, but um, and it's still a great lot of fun. Um, still, you know, still got that early 2000s 3D platformer feeling, which you know, younger people might go, why would I even play this? But we're all fine with it being at the age we are. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it's good fun. Um, I got that off the Kickstarter, so. Um, oh, yes. Yes, yeah, so I think it's about 40 bucks. But, um, yeah, it's locally made and they've done a really great job bringing it into 2020. So ha- have a look. Nice. Nice. Well, let's move on to our eShop recommendations. Uh, We're kind of blowing through this episode, but it is going to be a shorter one this week. So um, for me, my picks are the Picross S series on the eShop, which are currently 20% off um, up until uh, April 30, which are really, really good. So the prices, I think the prices do differ on um, which version of the game you're getting. I think the older ones, I think the first Picross S um, is like $10 or something like that. And then it kind of goes up a couple bucks more as you go through the series. Um, but, you know, Picross is always great. Um, I've been playing them uh, on the DS and the 3DS back in the day. Um, and, yeah, I'm actually really looking forward to getting these myself. Picross is always always really good times. Um, and another pick of mine would be the Jackbox uh, series, which is also um, on sale for 30 to 40% off depending on the version that you're going to get. Um, for me, again, um, the third Jackbox uh, collection is probably the best one. It seems to have more interesting games in it. Um, but, you know. Whatever one has Quiplash. And everyone has Quiplash, that's right. And that one also ends on April 30th as well. So got some time to pick these ones up. Got about a, a week and a half to do that. And pick, uh, Jackbox is a great one to choose if you're doing Zoom parties with friends and you want to play some games online with people without everyone have to set up their consoles or anything like that. It just takes one person to have the game going on a PC or on a Switch or something, just point a camera to the screen and, and do it like that. Uh, Dan, you wanted to jump in on this one though? Yeah, trying to get some non-technical people to play, um, you know, like Rocket League or something, even multiple platforms and or, or get into the same Fortnite lobby or same Fortnite match. It's just not worth it. Um, mm-hmm. So we played um, Drawful on Microsoft Teams and I streamed it using screen share, using the capture program that I use for my capture card. But, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, you could just um, point your camera at the TV as well. Um, mm-hmm. and then, or with Zoom, you can, like, connect to the same chat with two devices, just mute one mm-hmm. because otherwise you get the echo. Um, mm-hmm. And then you can, one person's the host and everyone can play on their phones and everyone is on their phone already. So, um, or maybe they'll need a separate device. But. Either way, you can play some drawful with people not in the same room. It's really good fun. Or, or, or the yeah, Jackbox sure. games, yeah. Absolutely. Perfect for quarantine. Um, but have you got any other suggestions, Dan? 
the Hyper Jam game that just came out, I've had about only about 10 minutes with it, but I'm really enjoying it. And our review reviewer, Ben, he really loved it as well. So I want to get into that some more. It looks really good. The art style's pretty crazy too. So Awesome. Um, Ollie, your choices. Um, well, just on the, the topic of Picross, it's not really my thing, but um, from Plugin Digital, there's also uh, Pixel Cross Adventure. Uh, I love the Pixel Line series, um, but Pixel Cross Adventure is sort of a lot like uh, Picross. Um, it has a little bit of story and a little bit of a twist on the gameplay from what I've heard. Again, not super my thing, but I thought I'd mention it just in case, you know, um, Picross S4 wasn't enough for you. Um <laughs> The main ones for me, um, and I know that these already sort of exist on Switch in some way, um, but there's Double Dragon 133 from uh, Arc System Works, uh, recently released on the, the eShop for seven fifty a a pop. Um, I love Double Dragon a lot. It's just, it's so much fun. Um, side-scrolling, beat-em-up, um, just classic, classic retro gaming. Um, in terms of sales, there's not really... I mean, a great deal there. Um, I mean, there is a great deal there, but uh, there's there's so much that it's it's hard to really <laughs> give a recommendation. Um, uh, there's there's no big names, unfortunately. We didn't get the the spring sale that uh, Europe and some of the US got, so yeah. that was a little bit disappointing. Um, but yeah, I mean, th- there's a lot of stuff there, and really, the the best way to to find something you're gonna like is to unfortunately just. <laughs> Uh, take a jump in and, and see what takes you fancy. Um, I did notice that the Disney Classic Games, Aladdin and the Lion King, are 30% off right now. Um, so, you know, if you want to spend 35 bucks playing really hard games that you never beat in your childhood, um, that's a <laughs> good way could, to go che- about you it. You can cheat in them now, so that's good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, again, there, there's so much here that, like, to give any sort of recommendation of, of one over the other when there's like, you know, 2000 games on sale and I've played maybe 20 of them. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's not really super easy to do. Um, the whole the eShop is, just blurs into one now. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. the other one is, um, you know, FIFA 20 is 50% off. So if you don't have any of the other FIFA games on switch, you may as well grab that. And um, if you do have one of the other FIFA games on switch, don't bother. Yeah, it's it's pretty much <laughs> going to be exactly the same. Um, but yeah, the only other one is uh, Morphite, which is published by the Australian uh, Bluefish Studios, um, is like $3, um, which is just an insane price for a really great game. So get on that too. Cool. All right, so uh, moving on to the release forecast, uh, which will be between this episode and the next episode. So April 19 is when we're recording this episode. Next re- episode will be recorded on May 3rd. Um, we've got three games of note. We've got MotoGP 20, um, which is a cool motocross game or, or what was it, road bikes or something like that you said, Daniel? Yeah, like, um, uh, I don't know, MotoGP, I guess is what it's called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you're into dirt bikes and things like that, there's definitely a kind of the series you've already got your finger on the pulse for anyways. Uh, that's out on April 23rd, so within the next couple of days of this episode going out. Uh, we've got Trials of Mana uh, hitting on April 24th. We've got a really great interview for that one up, don't we? Yeah, uh, two of the games uh, producers uh, got we got that up through Square Enix, which was really awesome. And um, yeah, have a read of that because it's actually a pretty good interview. Some nice answers there from the devs. 
Yeah, and that's out on April 24th, so the day after MotoGP 20, if your calendar is set to that game. And then finally, we've also got Moving Out, which looks super awesome. I'm really keen for this one. That's out on April 28th. And uh, Dan, we've got a competition for this one, don't we? Yeah, we've got uh, three physical copies of that, thanks to Five Star Games. Um, so you, if you enter it, I think the competition ends a couple of days before it comes out. Be, uh, so you might not get it on release day, uh, but you won't have to pay for it. Yeah, so definitely hit up the site, vooks.net, to find out the terms of the contest or just look it up on social, on Facebook, on Twitter, and uh, yeah, get cracking, grab yourself a free copy of the game. Um, but apart from that, that's that's everything we have to say for this week. So um, thank you, Daniel. Thank you, Ollie. Where can people find you on Twitter? We'll start with you, Dan. Uh, Fook64 on everything. Yep, and Ollie. Uh, you can find me on Twitter uh, at Chocobalt, C-H-O-C-O-B-A-L-T. Awesome. And you can find me on Twitter at Mangello. that's M-A-N-J-E-L-L-0. Uh, thank you all for listening, and we'll see you in a fortnight. See you later.